This episode is brought to you by Zeratex Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratex Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys, today I sat down and talked to Nora Anderson. Nora is passionate about minimalism, really just reducing things in your life to live a more intentional life and really questioning and pushing the boundaries of what's important on a material level. Uh, And she is also passionate correspondingly about finances. Uh, We learned, you know, how she approaches it and how it's helped her family. Uh, and so those two things kind of correspond with really, I'd say this hierarching theme of living an intentional life, uh, which I think is very beneficial. I enjoy this one. I really hope you guys do as well. Welcome to the obsessed podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Nora, thanks for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, here to talk about what, how would you define your passion? I mean, it's, it's all about eliminating extra things, but how would you define it? Okay, that's an interesting question. Um, there's multi sides to it, I see. So just being deliberate with time okay which i also see as money so in my eyes i always see things in my house as okay me and my husband spent how much of our money and how much of our time on all of these things Mm -hmm. and so then when i see it from that standpoint going forward it's really changed my view on items in my house like did i value that trade-off that we spent and now my husband's the full-time provider that he spent for us to have these items in our house. Sure. Um, so it's not just per se items, but also what do they represent, I guess, to people is different. Oh, I feel like I'm rambling already. Yeah. No, um, what would you, I mean, just on a high, like, is it a minimalism? Is it, what's uh, the... Definitely minimalism. Okay. I love having less of everything. I love forced minimalism, actually. Okay. It's my favorite. Forced meaning like you challenge yourself? I challenge to, myself. To how far can you go mm-hmm. and go another level and go another yes. level kind of thing? Yes. Okay. And how far can I push it and still be comfortable? Like, sure. So I am super extreme, all or nothing. And right. so I have taken the minimalism to the extreme. Mm-hmm. And me, myself, and my husband and my kids don't always do what I do, believe right. me. Okay. Um, just me, myself. So I've taken it to this extreme. One thing I love to be extreme in is my clothing. Okay. I love one pair of jeans, one pair of leggings, and one dress. Right. right. That's it. And for a lot of women, they might think, wow, that is really extreme because they love clothing. I'm not a lover of clothing, though. Mm-hmm. I never have been. I don't think I ever will be. Right. It's just not something that I get excited about, I guess. I get more excited thinking about how easy it is to get dressed mm-hmm. than I do about shopping for a shirt. Right, right. So um, I can appreciate that, the yeah. extreme side of things, right? That's what this is all about, yep. is being beyond what standard or the normal range is. Um, and I think there is a cool part of that, right? Like mm-hmm. there's 
you can acknowledge that internally, like I am different than most people, right? Yeah. From in, in this category, same thing with what my obsession is or same thing, what most people's obsessions are. And that's what makes people interesting, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, but thinking back, where did that start from? Like, I'm, I'm guessing you're not where you're at today and you weren't there or how do you say it? Where you are today is not where this journey started. Where did the journey start and what was it inspired from? Okay. I can clearly remember one Christmas, me and my husband, we were married and we only had one kid. Okay. <clears throat> and a lot of times as a parent, you do the same thing that your parents did, right? Right. So we both got multiple gifts at Christmas, both of us growing up. And so we did the same thing. And she was probably only two at the time. And we got her, I don't even remember how many gifts, okay? But I remember she would just rip something open and move on to the next and rip something open and move on to the next. And I remember that day and I was like, wait a minute, this isn't what Christmas is all about. Like all of a sudden I was like, is this what I want my things, my kids to think that Christmas is about things? Mm -hmm. And right then and there, like I distinctly remember, I was like, okay, no, this has to change for me and for us. I wanted Christmas to be different. And so from that point on, we've done only one gift for Christmas every year. And we both say it's the best thing we've ever done. Hmm. We buy them one really big thing that I would not go out and buy on a Tuesday. Right. Something really big with our goal being that if the item is still around, they can take it with when they move out. Sure. So really practical, but fun, useful things that they are like sewing machines and guns and kitchen aids, things like that. I'm not going to just normally buy them. Right. That's just whatever. So I remember Christmas changing us. So that changed me, I would say, Mm -hmm. and my husband. Um, But then from that point on, it was kind of just a slow progression of reading books and different things. It was, I think, an odd place to be in because I didn't know anyone in my life who was like, in my real life, that was wanting to do less or be deliberate with less. Mm -hmm. And if they were, maybe they just weren't talking about it. Right. So I found a lot of books that were super helpful. Okay. Some blogs. Um, let's see. Oh, my favorite would be, they call themselves The Minimalists. Okay. Literally so simple of a title. But they were probably were my favorite for so long and super deliberate and just in minimizing every area of your life, not just items, but then taking it beyond items to simplifying food, simplifying your exercise, simplifying your lifestyle and mm-hmm. change it into all that okay uh many areas and avenues i'm partially looking at this from my own life like i bet i fit most people's mold that we have too many things in our own personal house not overboard but for sure you could take 50 percent of the things out of our house and we'd still have more than enough stuff right mm-hmm. um so i'm looking at it from a a selfish level of like i hope to learn something from this today of what can i specifically apply to look at things i've got a little bit of exposure of the book uh tidying up by marie condo Kondo, right believe. she has a netflix show i think right mm-hmm. that's probably just one small portion of somebody who's uh in that world right but still i think there's a lot of value that i can get but i do want to get into your journey what that looked like whatever else but why did that grip you so intensely the reducing whatever else was it utilitarian and you just didn't like have as to have as much stuff or was it did it clear your mind or what about it initially had gripped you and it sounded like maybe it was a slow burn but still what about it initially had gripped you that wouldn't have necessarily gripped somebody else okay so uh, i think for me was realizing that stuff was all a distraction okay 
And then to peel that layer off and say, what am I distracting myself from? Mm -hmm. For sure. So I did the norm. I did. I used to, me and my husband used to spend all the money that came in Mm -hmm. buying things that we weren't even excited about. Right. And then uh, later being like, wow, where did our money go? Mm -hmm. I think that was a huge wake up call for me. Um. I'm forgetting your question. No, I just how, what gripped you about it initially? Like, what what about it was it that grabbed you? Because a lot of people might have that same realization and never follow through with anything. Yeah. Just continue along that same path. Yeah. Oh, geez. That's so... I don't know per se, actually. Okay. Yeah. Could we get into what grips you about it now? Is yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. So now, I mean, so not only have I... Me, myself, personally, I love empty spaces. I get more excited about an empty space than I do about a space that's filled up. Okay. And I know everyone's different. All of our brains are different and what works for us and what excites us is totally different, right? That's what this is all about. Right. We're all excited by different things. Mm -hmm. Um, I do not feel a sense of calm. Sorry. No, you're fine. When I look at a bookshelf full of books, but I feel extremely calm when I look at a bookshelf completely empty. Yeah. So uh, I think a huge part of me is that I am not a natural born cleaner. Okay. And I'm also not organized. Oh, so that's interesting. People always assume I'm organized. I'm not organized. Ask anybody who knows me. I'm not organized Hmm. at all. Okay. I'm not organized. And so I think a huge part of this and a huge part of what makes me excited about it is I feel like I can be organized with less things. Hmm. It's easier for me to organize my clothes when I only own 10 items. Right. It's easier to clean my kitchen when I only have just enough plates. Mm -hmm. But if I have 40 plates, I know that we're going to use 40 plates and they're going to be left out all over the place. Right. But by me having way less inventory, I can clean up. And tidy things up and put things away mm-hmm. a thousand times easier than I used to. Hmm. Okay. Do you, you said you tried to and you challenge yourself to, ch- how far on the material items can you push it, right? But also other areas of your life, exercising, mm-hmm. whatever else. Do you think about that on like a, a brain as- aspect too, like your thought processes? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So, uh, as in, go further, yeah, go further. I, yeah, I'm just trying to think because yeah. uh, I'm just thinking myself internally. I've always been the way that I am. I think I think most people are, right? But I'm very internal. Like I'm always thinking about why did I do that? What am I doing this for? Um, why is it that what I just did made somebody react this way versus this way? Like I'm very like analytical on myself internally and how I affect the world around me, whatever else. And also just on an improvement level, like as much as I can try to improve in business, in sales, in finances, in relationships, whatever else, always just trying to constantly improve the way my mind works and how I think about things, whatever else. So it feels like if you were really deliberate on your, the way you think your thought processes, the way you look at the world, whatever else, there could be a benefit to decluttering your mind as well. I, I don't know. I, yes. Just something I'm curious if you ever thought about that. Yes, for sure. Definitely, I agree. That's an interesting. I feel like it has helped all aspects of my life. Okay. Just because I've said it calms me down. So like, okay, so if someone says that exercise calms them down, mm-hmm. right? And then they go so long without doing exercise. 
then other areas in their life would feel more chaotic. Mm -hmm. So for me, there's probably running jokes in my family. They're like, oh, no, there she goes again. She's getting rid of stuff again. But getting rid of stuff is more calming to me than buying things. Sure. And even more exciting than buying things. Right. I don't quite know if I know the rationale behind it. I've only met a few people in my life, in my real life, who get excited about getting rid of stuff like I do. Yeah. No, I think there's something there where, again, I think you definitely take it to an extreme, right? Yeah. Where I think you would pretty easily say that people would hugely benefit of going uh, even a fifth of the limit that you go, right? Yes. Uh, And even that would be extensive for people to get rid of or say me for example get rid of half of the things that i have would be so beneficial um but for sure you take it to extreme i don't know that you need to justify that okay like it helps you right yeah on a on a just clearing your mind clearing your life whatever else for sure on the mule deer hunting side i go way too far okay other people do as well and other people go farther than me and just like other people go farther than you i don't feel like i need to justify that right yeah so i don't think you should have to either yeah but i i do think there is benefit and and that's part of what this is is like what does that get you beyond the physical component like i'm curious like how does that help you emotionally yes how does that help you internally um that's where i think like you being internal and you probably are already that way like I'm saying you asking those questions and me asking you those questions can be beneficial to say like, wait, why, why is this really important to me? Yeah. Uh, and, and what are the benefits beyond the, Hey, I have less stuff and I'm more organized, whatever else mm-hmm. do you got what I'm driving at. Yeah. Do yeah. you think about that kind of stuff or yes. is it? Okay. Yes, do you, I do. Okay. Um, and so I think one of the huge things that I've got out of this now that I'm starting to see, which was something I wasn't even looking for actually is now people have been reaching out to me yep. and looking for help. Um, and I go into their houses and I work with them and help them because I do think the emotional aspect is the biggest aspect. Mm-hmm. And that's the fun. That's actually the really exciting part for me is I've kind of figured out my psychology and why it's so big emotionally to me. It's mm-hmm. just like the emotionally saying, okay, I have enough. Like, okay, if you think about this world like the u.s and how much we have compared to other countries mm-hmm. like it just blows our minds right we right. have of course we all have enough even the poorest people in the u.s have more than how much of the world sure right so of course we have enough so what is it that our stuff is trying to fill up mm-hmm. there's some kind of thing that we're using it for and for everybody that's different right and so it's gonna it's not instant and it's not easy to try and figure that out. But a lot of times it's filling a void. Sure. Of some sort. Right. So I would encourage people to think about that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes having a support person is super helpful. Like some accountability has been huge. I think that's why people really like when I go to their homes. It's just the accountability. It's just someone there. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not telling them to get rid of anything. They just like having a cheerleader. Sure. That's literally I'm getting paid to be a cheerleader, you know? Right. That's what I tell myself. Like that's how it feels. Yeah. Um, but the psychology behind our things and what they mean to us is going to be so different for everyone. Mm-hmm. But it's super exciting if you're willing to look at it, I think. Right, right. Um, 
what is the what are the processes? Are they the same now versus when you first got into this? What are the processes you go through? Like you look at an item, what do you, are there specific questions you ask yourself or what is the process of you deciding, do you need this? Do you not need it? How much of this do I need? Do you have like actual processes that you Ooh, go through? That's a good question. So I used to, okay. I used to always have the same process and now I have minimized it so much because I've been doing it so long okay. that I just think like to the point, am I excited to take care of this item anymore? Okay. And that's all it comes down to for me. <clears throat> like. Okay, so the whole Marie Kondo thing, mm -hmm. sure, her theory is, does it bring you joy? I think there's a lot of things in our life that per se don't bring us joy, mm -hmm. but yet they're still useful, sure. and yet we still use them. Like, maybe toilet paper doesn't bring everyone joy, but we still use it, right? Right. So it's like, I read the book, and I was like, okay, but, and then I kind of did my own spin on it. So I've simplified it down so much, just, am I excited to move this item or to clean around this item? Mm -hmm. And that's what it is to me. Just because I want my cleaning in my house to be as fast as possible because I don't get joy out of cleaning. Right, right. I don't. I'm not a natural cleaner and I really don't enjoy sweeping the floor. Yeah. So I want it to be as fast as possible so I can go do something I'm excited about. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes sense. And I, I myself am not a natural cleaner as well. If okay. I'm cleaning, it's 100% forced. Yep. Yeah. My wife would agree wholeheartedly. Okay. Um, and that I could see that huge benefit. I mean, just having that much less stuff lets you make it's just so much easier like if you got a mountain of things you have to take care of your brain can't even handle it and you're just like i'm not even gonna try mm -hmm. but yeah if you have this small amount of stuff the part that i would struggle with and maybe you could challenge me here is like my own personal stuff that i have is and i could even eliminate each of these areas right but clothes footwear whatever else mm -hmm. and hunting things beyond that i basically have nothing okay and the hunting things i have they might stack up but almost every single component of it I will use throughout the year or every other year or whatever else. But I still have too much. Like I guarantee if you came, you'd say I have too much. But how do you, how do you like work with somebody on that and say like, I don't know, is it like you said, is it almost just you being there in accountability and asking yourself, do I actually use this? Because I probably could eliminate half of everything I have. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know where I'm getting at or what I'm looking for, but um do you have processes there? Like yeah. you must get rid of things that you're like, I might use this in two years or how to, what's, yes. th what's that like? Yeah. So my instant reaction right there would be, if you could tell me right now, what items of your hunting equipment are your favorite? You could probably tell me off the top of your head right now. Sure. Yeah. Right. Because we have our favorites. Right. And those are the ones that you're excited to use. Those are the ones you're excited to pack when you go on a trip. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that you take care of. Sure. The other ones... They aren't your favorite. Right. So then you can say, okay, they're not my favorite. It could be time to pass these on. Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to be excited next time you go to pack that one. You're going to pick that one. Right. Versus right. the other one. You're like, oh, this one's a little bit comfier. It's not near as scratchy. So you're going to take that one. Sure. So I feel like anybody at any time and place, I could meet anybody on the street and say, tell me about your favorite shirt. They can tell me about their favorite shirt. Sure. Everybody can. It's really fun. Actually, the psychology behind this is so fun. We all have our favorites, right? Mm -hmm. And we want to talk about them. But we also have a lot of things that are not our favorites mm -hmm. that we're not even excited about. Right. So why do we still have the shirts that we're not even the slightest bit excited about? That we still are taking up space, folding, washing, storing, and yet we're not excited about it at all. Right. 
And instead, every day you could be wearing, or every third day or whatever it is, wearing your favorite shirt. Sure. So why not? Right. Yeah. Have you, you have kids. Yes. Do they accept this? Is this a way of life? Do they push back? How do they handle it? Okay. Um, I don't have rules per se when it comes to my kids. Okay. My number one goal is just to model, like, this is what works for me. And I know that my brain is totally different than my husband's and my kids' brains. Okay. I have one kid who's extremely similar to me. We're both very disorganized. Right. And so I, a lot of times will tell her like, hey, there's some things that work for me. Like if I have all my craft per se, knitting stuff, it mm-hmm. needs to fit in this amount of space. And if I have too much, it's probably time to go through it and pick my favorite yarns and yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So I encourage her to do that. But I have another kid who is extremely organized and will clean. Okay. And so she has much bigger parameters with how much stuff she keeps because she is able to maintain it on her own without anything. So no, we don't have set things, but I will say we always have had super set, extremely limited amount of toys. Okay. I think when we had kids, when they were really little in the dump out the toy stage and run around, runaway stage and then take out all the books and then run away and then dump out the flower bins and then run away. Um, I realized this just isn't working for me. Like they're not even playing with anything. So can I minimize things and trade things in and out? I think my mom did that growing up. Okay. And we all really loved it. She would hide away a bunch of books and then in the fall, take them out and then switch them out at different seasons, right? And sure. different toys. And it was like, they were new all over again, but they weren't, they were the same toys. Mm-hmm. And so our kids have grown up with such limited toys and knowing what I do now, I wouldn't change a thing. Mm -hmm. They've had blocks and Legos and books. Okay. And they go outside. My kids go outside and my everyday stuff is allowed to go outside. My kids bring my dishes in their sandbox and if it comes back, it comes back. Whatever. I don't care. Right. I have learned that from my mom and I'm so grateful for that one. (laughs) She has been so low key about her kitchen stuff going anywhere. And I'm so grateful I took that one from her. Yeah. 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 No, that is cool because I think any parent would say they would love it if their kids played more outside. Yeah. If they had more of an active imagination, right? Yeah. You you think that has affected your kids and their ability to do that? 100%. Yeah. yeah. We definitely think it's made a huge factor. And then not being on screens. Sure. So they're not on screens. They're not watching something. Like we will once in a very blue moon sit and deliberately watch a family movie together. That's it. Sure. They don't have access to a screen unless we're there with them. Um. But it has made them extremely creative, uh-huh. just having limited resources. Anyone could say that. You get more creative, like, right? Okay, so I decided two years ago I was going to get into gardening, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get into gardening, but I wanted to do it cheaper because I didn't want to spend a bunch of money before I decide whether I like it or not. Sure. I have a tendency of going all in before I know if I like something or not, right? right. So I'm learning. So I was like, okay, I'm going to garden by spending a little less money. But you know what? You come up with really awesome ideas when you have to be creative. Sure. And so as an adult, it's a super good resource to have too. Yeah, for sure. I still, going back to the the kids part though, that is cool. Because growing up, you didn't have screens, right? Or I mean, you'd have a little bit. I mean, you'd have a computer in a uh, office room in the corner or whatever else, but more or less you didn't have screens. Yep. You were forced, like you had to go out in the yard and play games and you were a pirate or whatever else, like you had to make this happen. Yep. And there's there's pretty big developmental benefits from that, right? I would say so. I don't know that to be true, but I think it is. I think it's widely yeah. accepted. Like the imagination side of things is, is pretty huge. Yeah. Um, 
Forrester Research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Are there, do you like, is, does, it doesn't, I asked you about like having to justify yourself, whatever else. Do you feel like you've had to, like, has that been a struggle at all? Um, like of wondering what do other people think that I am extreme in this fashion? I mean, I know that there's definitely people who have said things, but I feel like I am so extreme in almost all areas of my life. Yeah. I would say that's just. I'm so all or nothing. I'm 200% or I'm zero. Mm -hmm. And when I do something, I'm 200%. There's a running joke. I'm a lot like my dad because mm -hmm. when we do something, we tell everybody and the whole world knows what we're doing. Sure. That's very true. Right. Yep. We are both so all or nothing. But yet it's such a gift. It's such a gift. Like all or nothing. Like you go all in and you fully commit. Like I love it. I wouldn't change it actually. Yeah. So no, I haven't really justified myself. People probably wish honestly, that maybe I would have given my kids more toys or that I would give them more things for Christmas. But also we all get to decide like at the end of the day, when it comes to, down to for me is okay. Like I think about birthdays and Christmas. We keep birthdays extremely simple as well. We try to gift them experiences. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, okay, this is just what works for us. And I'm not telling you that you need to be more minimalist like that's not at all what i'm doing mm -hmm. like this is just what works for me and at the end of the day i see like when i give them a gift when they decide that they're done with that item who's left to deal with it sure is the parent who's usually home which is me right so right. that is like a huge aspect that is just the truth i think mm -hmm. for sure no i think it's a healthy place to be in is not feeling like you have to yeah justify yourself for sure yeah um but I'm the same way. Again, if I'm going to do something, I'm all in. Like I have a really hard time doing something once or twice or whatever else. Like, and once you get into it, I'm, yeah, you can go way too far for sure. Yeah. But I think it's healthy, healthy to do that. But also I think there's benefits in other areas of your life that being all in and that type of a style helps me at work. It helps me in anything that I do in learning things, right? It, mm -hmm. it, and I've talked before though, it can be detrimental. Like, I mean, if I was into a substance, I would be into a substance heavily. Right. Yep. Um, so you can see that and it is partially got to be genetic. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but also, you know, kid, you know, in the, in the same family. So the same genetics, one kid can be different than the other. So it is, is it experiences or what it probably is just who you are as you, yeah, I don't know. I guess there's many ways to look at it. Right. But yeah, I wonder if it's genetic <clears throat> but the experiences that you have as a person can push you towards the the positive sides or the negative sides potentially. Do you do you agree? Yeah, yeah, that's super interesting way to think about it. But I totally agree. Okay, because we both have big families, right? And came from big families, and there's multiple kids with different personalities. Right. Like we grew up in a similar sense, and then yet we're all adults and we're also different. So I feel like genetics must play a role in it. Right. I mean, 
and how we're wired and what drives us right is all different and then how that comes out in our life um that's interesting to think about yeah i don't know where i was going with that i was going to tell a story i think and i lost it okay but it's the age-old question of nature versus nurture for sure but so you could say okay you're all different so it is nurture right the experiences that you're going through but it is like luck of the draw not well not luck but randomness of the draw of the kid themselves because i think you could probably say firsthand your your kids are so different from the start and as i think has nothing to do with their experiences it's just who they are right yes um but also then as life continues it does have to do with their experiences um so yeah many ways to many ways to look at it but do you you mentioned like you don't ever try to push it on anybody but if somebody comes to you and says nora i'm excited can you teach me about this do you like then okay let's go kind of thing or how do you how yeah. do you handle that yep yep i always wait <clears throat> so i did not try to start a business actually not okay. wasn't even looking to start a business <clears throat> at all it all it started out as friends reaching out to me wanting help mm-hmm. and i was just offering to go and help them for free because i love it so much that honestly spending 12 hours going through somebody's things one item at a time is actually so exciting to me. I come home on a high. Hmm. Like it is so fun because the reason it's so fun to me is because the to be able to emotionally help someone. Mm-hmm. Okay, the big part for me is that I would hope that everyone feels relaxed and calm in their own house, right? Mm-hmm. When we all hope that for people. And if you don't feel really relaxed and calm because there's just too much or something going on in your house and if i can help them then it's great right um so no i don't go in and tell them to get rid of anything so i have two set rules my husband told me i broke one the other week so i'll admit that i have two rules that you aren't that you aren't allowed to get rid of your significant others or any of anyone else's things in your space that's it okay and then number two is that I will not come in and tell you that you have to get rid of anything. It's your house. If, if I come there and you say, you know what? Actually, I don't want to get rid of anything. Mm-hmm. I just want you to rearrange my furniture. That's totally fine. Sure. We can rearrange furniture. I can do whatever you want. Like I'm at your service and I'm here to help you. And if you're not ready, that's fine. And so every single person, all my clients have used me completely different ways. Mm-hmm. I just really get a good read and feel on what they're needing and what they're wanting. And it also changes week by week what they're looking for. Um, but no, I don't ever go in and say, hey, here I am. Let's start going through your clothes or mm-hmm. no. What's most often is I ask them what overwhelms them the most. Right. right. It's a really good place to start. And it's also really exciting because you can say, all right, my kitchen is chaos, but I never feel relaxed in there. So if I could just feel semi-relaxed in my kitchen, it would be progress. Right. Yeah. Do you, is it pretty rewarding? I mean, it sounds like it, right? Yeah. Um, but I picture this to be true and I don't know if it is the case, but it feels like in anything you get into where you're challenging somebody's lifelong perceptions, do you hit any pretty big emotional moments? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's the really exciting thing. Um, <clears throat> one of my past clients told me, which was, pretty awesome to hear she said i figured out that hiring you was more money money more well spent than therapy sure because she said i'm doing the therapy and i'm moving the things out at the same time right 
Yeah. Which that was awesome to hear because that would be my goal. Yeah. Like that it's not just moving the things out and then two years later the things come back in, right? Right. Like I want to really help them figure out why the things keep coming back in. Mm-hmm. And what are the scenarios where the things like, okay, that's why Christmas and birthdays are big for me is because those are two scenarios in most people's life where it's totally acceptable to bring in a, lo- a bunch of extra things for birthdays and Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so in my brain, I was thinking, okay, these two times in our life, stuff comes in, stuff comes in, stuff comes in. How can we change it so that it's not just stuff comes in, but stuff never leaves? Sure. Yeah, but you do hit some uh, pretty big emotional moments. Do you... So many ways to go about it, but like, are you interested or like, do you gravitate towards that? Like, I feel like people in general do, right? Yeah. Or at least if they're an open person, and I think that's something a person should strive for, yeah. is being an open person. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but what I'm trying to say is that, like, it's healthy and beneficial to gravitate towards that, and you get just as much out of it as that person, right? Yeah. Maybe not, but there's still a huge benefit that you get. Yeah. Compared, but um, what I'm trying to get at is, like, I feel like that can be a rare thing in a lot of people's lives. So it's, I think it's very beneficial for you to do that, right? Yeah. Like, just like that human connection. Yes. Or whatever it is, like, that's a strong and powerful thing that a lot of people might, do a lot of people not get that very frequently? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I wonder. And and maybe, maybe they're not, okay? Because this is my perception right okay this is just me you can have a lot of things in your house Mm -hmm. and a lot of things going on and then when you go out to the store and you okay you see them in the store you would never know right Right. but i think the beauty and the joy and what i'm doing is that number one i'm meeting them in their house which is number one just such a vulnerable place to be and they're literally opening up their closets and they're opening up these boxes and they're they're showing me things that they haven't showed anyone in 15 years. Mm-hmm. It's so vulnerable and yet they're willing to go there. So how do emotions just do get attached? Sure. They do. But yet I never have gone into a house where I haven't been wanted. Okay. And I don't want to. Right. I only want them to want the help and sure. to be ready for the help. Right. And so when by the time they've called me, they've already decided that they want to go through their things. Mm-hmm. And everyone's different on how deep that they want to go with the emotions attached to the things, right? right? And so I have to tread super lightly and really be super careful about that. Sure. Um, But what's super helpful is that, okay, when in doubt, you can always talk about your own experience, right? Mm -hmm. So when in doubt, I, I say, hey, I used to go shopping and I used to just... Say, I need pants, and I would just buy pants, mm-hmm. okay? But now I say, no, I only own one pair of jeans. So are these jeans my favorite? Am I excited about it? Am I? And then just opening up the door and me being vulnerable mm-hmm. and like, and obviously I'm a lot more vulnerable with them than just jeans. Like, sure. they know my real story on why I do what I do. Right. Opens the door for them to be vulnerable, right? That's usually the case. Mm-hmm. And whether they take the bait or not, and whether they want to be vulnerable about the items is totally fine sure. either way i'm just there to help them right right no but it does seem like i always battle in my head with like is it just me or is it just a certain segment of people or is it everybody 
and I can flip I'm in many areas I think about this right mm-hmm. how so like I'm talking about this in this human connection the craving for that whatever mm-hmm. else it might be and how beneficial that is is that just because you have a certain personality type or is everybody in need of that and I would in this situation I'd guess everybody's in need of it but anyways I'm thinking about in in real estate I just talked to somebody the other day in the medical world who I believe this to be true for myself. They said it's true for them is like the most important favorite part of their job is the human connection, the stories, whatever else it might be. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people, if not everybody. I think so. Right? Yeah, I think so. Like you're all just using whatever your pathway is for you. It's tidying up for Mm -hmm. me. It's real estate for this other person. It's a medical field for your dad. It's windows. Yep. But at the end of the day, what fulfills you and, 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 gives you meaning and gives you life is that human connection and that shared moment, whatever else it's, uh, yeah. Do you think so? I think so. 100%. That's such a good reminder. Okay. Cause you could just be selling windows, like you said, but if you were just doing that and you never talked to anybody, right. how fulfilling would the job be at the end of the day? Right? right. So I think we all need that human connection, but maybe just on different levels. Sure. Right. For different people. But oh, I just think there's so much value in connection. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've always been interested in people. That's how the whole sales world started, right? It's mm-hmm. just being able to communicate what makes people tick, whatever else. Um, and yeah, a lot of times it's not even that you have, you don't have some grand insight. It's like you're just willing to listen and mm-hmm. bounce ideas off of them or whatever else. Yeah, I don't know. Is that... Like, I think a lot of people need that more than they currently are getting. And that when it happens, it can just be so powerful. Yeah. And sometimes it's harder to have that happen with a family member than it is Jane or Joe off the street. Right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Because being vulnerable can be so scary. Right. Right? So sometimes it is easier to just spew it to someone at the grocery store, right? Like you said, someone on the street. Right. So it's also a good reminder, though, to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and to be open and honest with people, even the ones that are close to you. Right. Not just the Joe Blow, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, one one of the quotes I think about quite a bit and a book that I really enjoyed and probably have talked about on here is A River Runs Through It. Um, Do you know the book? Yeah. Okay. Have you read it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe we've talked about it. Anyways, in that book, they talk about, it's all about a dad or a family, a Baptist family who also loved fly fishing. And one of the brothers was, how do you say it? Like estranged, a wild, a wild brother, whatever else. Mm-hmm. And the other brother was very cookie cutter, went to school, teacher, whatever else. And the one brother, the wild brother, they could never connect with and never figure out. And they'd offer his hand to help and they'd never accept the help, but he was just going to be who he was going to be. And that was the end of it. And one of the quotes in the book, and I'm going to butcher this somewhat, is it is those who are that we love and that are closest to us who we often fail to know the most. I'm not saying that right. I should look it up here and get it. But basically, those who are closest to us and that we should know and love are the ones who we are the furthest of that we're the furthest apart from in truly understanding who they are. And and why is that? Is it a I think it's a it's a lifetime of experiences and whatever else that just makes it difficult as a family and as siblings or whatever else to truly open up to each other and be open to that moment that can you overcome that? I don't know. Um, but it's, I think it's, uh, 
I think that book and that quote, and again, I should read the quote to actually get it correctly, uh, can be powerful to read and hear when you are thinking about why can't I connect or get through to my sibling that potentially needs my help. Yeah. And is it is it just because we have preconceived notions about each other? Yeah, probably. I think it's a lifetime of experiences yeah. and it's hard to, hard to overcome what that lifetime of experiences are. Yeah. 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 But who but knows? I, I guess we're rambling. But it's a good question. No, that's yeah. no. It's good to think about, right? Because it all ties in. Our re- relationships are so big. Right. They're big, even if people say that they don't value relationships as much as others. They're big to everyone. Mm-hmm. It just looks different. Right. And I'm talking about a lot of these big picture things of like human connection and siblings mm-hmm. and whatever else. And I think the reason is is because what you do does strike at like emotions like i'm thinking about the grandma who can't get rid of her husband's stuff or Mm -hmm. not that you'd have to but you know what i'm saying like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of i think what you do is tough personally like to you personally maybe it was tough i don't know maybe it wasn't but for a lot of people it'd be very difficult because you have to challenge your your life of notions whatever else you have to Mm -hmm. challenge everything you know yeah i think that's why it's spurring these conversations and and you probably get that on a sounds like you do on a frequent basis when you're in your role too right yeah yeah, yeah. definitely do um and it's such a good thing okay because life will show us different things right okay so with death a lot of th- a lot of times i'm going into someone's house after a big life change right so right. it's like a death or someone moved or s- some big thing has made them say whoa i have to deal with all this stuff right um And so we're all going to process and it's grief, right? Okay. So we're grieving through things and we attach our emotions to these things to, you know, grandpa's high school sweater. People still have it. And so I, okay. One of my things I always tell people like, know this about me. I am not sentimental. Okay. I am very non-sentimental. I burnt my wedding dress. And I'm happily married. Right. I don't see value in saving sentimental things because I already remember them in my brain. Sure. That's just how I work. I would get more overwhelmed if I had to open up a box and look at something first if I can just remember it in my brain. Yeah. That gives me way more peace. That's just what works for me. I Mm -hmm. get it. So... One thing that is so helpful, I go into someone's house and they're dealing with all, you know, grandpa passed away. I just encourage them to take pictures. Hmm. If you're sentimental and you really want to remember his high school sweater, take a picture. You're going to remember the exact same feelings by looking at that picture as you would by looking at that sweater and also now having to store and move around the sweater. Hmm. And do we want to fill up our space now with grandpa's things? Right. And I also really encourage people, if you're going to go and you're going to take some of the things, use them. Use them. So you're taking the plates and you're taking the the sweater. This is someone's grandpa's favorite sweater. And I wear it. Right. So use them. They held on to those things and they used them and they wore them. And their intention was not that their grandkids someday would feel guilty enough to store in a tote in their basement. Mm -hmm. They would want you to use it. Right. Absolutely. For sure. Um, I want to get this quote one sec because I know I butchered it one sec. So the quote from the book, and I'm going to read this so I can get this correctly. uh, At sunrise, everything is luminous, but not clear. It is those we live with and love and should know who elude us. 
You can love completely without understanding. Wow. Yeah. I know that's just crazy to think that about is, that. But it's so good. Yeah. Okay. But it is true, hey? I've talked about that before, how sometimes it is hardest and you know the least and it's the hardest to open up to a, a close family member. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know. I, like I said, that all spurred, I think, from just the same emotions that, again, in your world that you inspire in other people for some reason, I think inspires that in this conversation as well. Um, but yeah, that part of it. So do, I'm thinking back about like you enjoy the human connection portion, but you also like there's an element of people who you enjoy the human connection and that's what sustains you, but mm. you don't necessarily enjoy. And it's just a means to an end of the act that you're doing. But I get the impression that you really enjoy both. Like you enjoy the act and you enjoy the connection. Is that true? Yes. I love both. Okay. Honestly, equally. Okay. I love both. Like I can get so much joy out of going to someone's house who just doesn't even want to talk and they just want to tell me, donate, throw away, give away. Mm -hmm. I get just as much joy because even if they don't even want to do the emotional thing, I think every single person feels better by having less stuff around them. I have yet to meet someone who says, truly, I feel so good having stuff coming in on me. Right. Right? Yeah. You know, we have these things and they came in for a reason. But and even the hoarders houses I've worked on, they're like, this isn't how I want to live. Mm -hmm. This isn't my dream. This isn't my goal for my space. It happened. And for X, Y, and Z, it happened. But that's not what they want. Right. So nobody feels calm just staring at things in every square inch of your space. Mm -hmm. Have you personally thought about or looked into or read into the hoarder and that's typically uh, a sign of past trauma right or, or or some type of a mental illness is that is that right i would say very often okay mm -hmm. have you researched that looked into that of how you can overcome that i have and i have researched it just because i feel like it'd be beneficial to know to be right. able to help them more right and so some of them, I have worked with them personally and they've been in the house with me. Okay. And then sometimes after interviewing them, I thought it was most helpful if they weren't in the house with me. Right. Um, and like I said, I have to tread really lightly. And so if I feel like they're not even ready to do the emotional side, mm -hmm. that's okay. Right. I can just come in and I can just, I can just get rid of things that's okay right that's totally fine i still feel like it's super beneficial yeah i love the psychology but if they don't want to get into it then that's fine right it's their life and it's their choice and i totally respect that and i still feel like i'm i can help them yeah do you like sometimes i can find myself being too blunt okay right? but i try to do it in a tactful way of like in that instance i'd be like do you want to get into the psychology like, instead of like trying to tread lightly, whatever else, be like, what's your comfort level? Like, are you able to get into this? And if they say no, then great. That answers my question. But how do you handle that? Do you okay. like ask the question or do you just play, play it by your gut? It made me laugh because probably five years ago, that would have been my approach. Okay. I have completely softened in the sense of realizing that not everyone is as blunt as me. Right. And that was a huge eye opener. Like yeah. here I am in my thirties realizing, hello, you yeah. know, <laughs> not everyone wants me to say that. Right. And so I don't. And also keep in mind, these are people I 
I just met these people on the street. Right. So most of my clients, believe it or not, I don't um, advertise. Okay. I don't even tell anyone what I do most of the time. Right. It has been spreading by my friends and family and past clients. Mm -hmm. So uh, they are people who have not even met me and they open their door. And so I'm coming in and my number one goal is for them to feel at peace. That's always my goal. Right. For the whole time I'm there and when I leave. Yeah. That's my number one goal. So I approach it as if I said that, would it be peaceful? Sure. And so I have learned to close my mouth a lot more sure. than I used to. Right. And I think that could be a learning thing for me. And I probably would approach it more like something to this effect. Like, hey, guys, understand that what we're talking about and what we're looking at getting into can be a very emotional process. And considering that, like, are you comfortable with getting into the emotion side? So really try to approach it from a like hey, this can be tough. Like, are you okay with that? Instead of like literally being like, are you ready? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I don't know that one is better than the other, but I do yeah. try to find a way like, let's cut to the chase. But yeah. I don't think that's always the right way. And yeah, I think there's, yeah, I can be too blunt Yeah, for sure. But that's a good point. Like I could also, you know, take that avenue and just at least bring it up right. and just say, hey, do you want me to ask questions or do you want me to just say my policy typically has been up to this point if they want to share they will share sure right when it comes up if they want to start telling me about whatever item it is that relates to Mm -hmm. a family member or some trauma or an emotion they will tell me about it if they want to right so my goal is to not prod just to support them sure and maybe it would be more beneficial maybe i'm reading them totally wrong so that's a good question i think there could be a good beneficial way of like really uh, harmless entry-level questions just to open mm-hmm. the door, right? Yeah, that's a great idea. And, and, and again, I think if you approach it from upfront with the understanding of like, hey guys, you probably have a pretty gut feeling of what you'd anticipate they do, right? Yeah. But uh, like, this is what I typically see. This can be pretty tough. Like, do you want to get into this? Like, we don't have to, but yep. I'm here for you if you do. Yeah. I don't know that. I mean, you'd have to phrase it in your own way or whatever else, but yeah, yeah super entry-level, harmless but also opens the door because I found in, in, and again, I, this is probably true for you, but in, there, there's often times where I'm in a real estate deal. We're talking about questions. What's the X, Y, Z nuts and bolts. And something comes to me and I'm like, wait a minute, let's ask this really thing. And then it's like pff, floodgates open and you know what I mean? Yes. And it was that, like I, that, I, a lot of times before I even ask the question, I'm like, why would I care? Why is this even important? You're like, I got to ask it. And then we ask the question and again, and then that's where like the magic happens and, uh, I think you're really figuring out the 10 levels beyond the, can I make a profit on my house? Like, what are we doing this for? You know yes. what I mean? But I don't know that every anybody's approach is better. Like you have to fix fit who you are. And I think maybe you just being an open person will invite that in also. So I don't know that you have to, I, I don't know. I guess I'm yeah. rambling, but do you think that there is benefit in maybe asking some harmless? I think there could be. Yeah. That's, like I never even thought about it, but it would be really good to bring up. Right. Just because my past experience has shown me with clients, nine times out of 10, the emotional stuff is going to come up. Mm-hmm. So that's just a really good thing to think about like going forward because I would like to pursue this more as a business. Right. And I think that for sure there's huge value in what you do from a functional level, right? Yeah. But would you agree that a lot of people that are in dire need of your services, it is a lot of the emotional stuff that they need the most help with? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. 
again, I, I found in this whole podcast experience, I could talk myself in circles, many directions. Cause it's not like you have to force that on them, but I think there is benefit in just being open to that. And yeah. Yeah. You're like a, co- you're a coach. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In like a safe setting, you know, like, like, okay, so here you are, you're with real estate and you're saying these questions are coming up and it almost seems like it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But yet now you can see if you went to ask that question, you wouldn't have gotten to know the big picture behind what's actually going on. Right. So it's like right. you would have missed all that, that sure. huge connection. You would have mi- And maybe that one question revealed something that totally changes what they now want to do with the house. Mm-hmm. For sure. So it's like, that's a really good question for me to think about. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. I'd be curious to see if it does change your, like in, in that setting. Yeah. Like if we talked a year from now, does it change the experiences that you have? Although it sounds like on a general level, you typically do get to that point anyway with a client. Yeah. Or no? Yeah. yeah. I would say we do. Okay. Yep. Only one time, only one client have I been there where they weren't in the house. Okay. Um, and just different situations, right? Everyone's yeah. different. And so it was, if someone was moving and they just needed help moving the things and downsizing the things, that's fine. Sure. If that's all that they're open to me right. being of service for, that's fine. Right. I can do that. I can be of service to the family and eliminate items so that they can move the items. That's fine. Yeah. If that's all they sign up for, that's fine. I can meet them where they're at. Right. Right. And so sometimes people, I've gotten some feedback in this podcast that people would wish that I would go more in depth into like the, the what, like, okay. what are you doing? What's the act? What's the steps, mm-hmm. which I am interested in. Cause I think there's value there, but you mm-hmm. can see, we've just talked for a half hour on like the, the mindset and that must just be where my interests are. And that's yeah. what we're going to get. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but I think that is for me, it's super interesting because it lets me like peek behind the curtain of what makes you tick, whatever else mm-hmm. that I don't think many people have those conversations. So I think that is uh, maybe you'll just attract the type of listener that appreciates that as well. True. Right. And the person that wants to hear the nuts and bolts and X, Y, Z, they'll find some other Avenue for that. But thinking about the nuts and bolts, X, Y, Z, are the things that we didn't cover that, you implement or you try to do on a process basis or on a, on a personal basis or a client basis of benefits, steps, processes of your whole world? Hmm. No, like I don't have any cookie cutter method to it. Okay. So that's the hard thing. Right. You know, there's no, like people are always like, oh, do you, you could write a book and just blah, blah, blah. Like, because there's all these decluttering books. Mm-hmm. But I don't really do the one size fits all because I love the psychology behind it too. Right. And so many of the X, Y, and Z lose the psychology. Right. Because, yeah. I mean, right? There's so many. That's one of the perks of doing the in-person thing is that you can get into the psychology of it, right? Yeah. Where the book would be a lot. Yeah. Doing a book would be way more intense or hard to be yeah. like, oh, if this happened, then maybe that... I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. You could write a book, figure it out. But yeah. but would it, would there be a benefit for you personally? The writing, I'm just thinking, could your book be about the psychology? Maybe. Is there a universal psychology path where there's nothing cookie cutter on the actions, but there is universal on the psychology side? Not universal and every person's the same, but like yeah. this is the benefits. These are the steps. If this, then this, maybe. I don't know, but it, even just an exploration. Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, I think there could be. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm going to have to go home and think about that. Right. I but, think so. And I'm thinking about 
writing, like I told you a quote today, to me, I've, I've been a big reader my whole life. Yeah. Um, other than like a little break during the college years or whatever, probably most people go in and out, but um, the, the power of powerful writing as a reader is so strong that I've had the draw and the interest to write for the sake of writing. I haven't very little. I've wrote in like three things, little short stories or whatever, just for my own enjoyment. But I feel like that's a world that I would consider exploring. Not at all to like see where it goes, but just because I think there's benefit to you as a person if you write. Is it journaling? Is it writing a book about the emotional side of what you do? I don't know. It seems like there's something powerful there. Oh, okay. I haven't even thought about that Yeah. at all. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do, Do you journal? Hmm, not lately. Yeah, I don't either, but yeah. people say it's beneficial. People say it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll do it for a week and then I forget. Right. So. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. You're talking how you like to challenge yourself on yeah. the, like, how far can I go and, mm-hmm. uh, and challenge it in other areas of your life that I, I like to do that as well. And many areas of my life that I could use, I mean, like diet, I could use help on a diet side of things. So that's probably like right now my current biggest hurdle. Yeah. Um of just what does this food bring you? It's an emotional thing, whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fun to do that. And I'm just saying yeah. that like the writing side of things, like, I don't know, I think there's benefit in just always constantly trying to improve. Yeah. Can you take that too far? Probably, right? Probably, yeah. yeah. Like we said, if we both have the tendency of being all or nothing, can we take it too far? Probably. Right. So then we can go too far and then maybe forever it's going to be different maybe we have to go five steps back maybe we have to go 20 steps back like mm-hmm. i've gotten stages where i've owned like five things right that was too far yeah but i figured it out so oh well and right. you and my theory is you don't know if you don't try uh, yeah right like i just figure that's how you learn right like i am not afraid to get rid of everything right to see what i value and then to bring it back in actually there's a running joke but um I've gotten rid of thousands and thousands and thousands of things, and I've only rebought two of them. Hmm. That's so, crazy. Yep. What were the two that you bought? Can you get into that? Yep. A sewing machine and a pair of skis. Okay. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, just test the limits and yep. see how far you can go, and then it's the only way you yeah. truly find where your equilibrium yeah. is. But you mentioned you're not emotional, you're, or not, you are emotional, you are not sentimental. Yeah. Uh, would that ever change? Like I could picture... A world where you're 70 you've yeah. got your kids favorite thing or whatever else like do you think that would ever change like do you can you picture a world where you're 75 and you wish you had hung on to some of that stuff no no uh-uh yeah i um i'm so non-sentimental that i have to remind myself like okay i have kids who like pictures mm-hmm. so i have to deliberately tell myself take pictures because i go on vacations intentionally don't take pictures Mm -hmm. because it just keeps me more in the moment. Right. So I purposely do that. But my kid's favorite thing in our house is we make a photo book every year. Me and my husband have to take turns, send them out, get it printed, blah, blah. Yeah. But their favorite thing to look at is those books of pictures. Right. So I have to remind myself that I'm not sentimental and I still am, I'm probably not going to change my ways and start saving things that I'm not excited about. Right. I'm not going to start taking pictures of my kids' things. I'm just, maybe I will. Maybe someday I'll wake up and I will change. I'd be shocked if I started being sentimental. Right. But honestly, no. I don't see myself regretting it when I'm 70. I haven't regretted 
how simple we have lived thus far in 16 years of marriage. Yeah. So I just don't see it changing. Yeah. But I could see value and benefit too, is it, like you said, it forces you to say, what is the hole or the gap that I'm trying to fill? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like you could, I mean, most people fill their gap or fill their lives with stuff, things, phones, videos, mm-hmm. technology, whatever. Mm-hmm. And what are you running from or what are you trying to, yeah, as, a, as like value in you as an adult, like really looking inside, like what am I running from or what am I trying to hide or fill or whatever else, but yeah. also obviously the value in your kids from a, uh, an imagination standpoint and stuff like we talked about as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, what are we trying to fill is such a big picture and such a big question that it could go on for days. Like the technology thing, mm-hmm. technology overwhelms me so much. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm not a techno nerd. Right. I would live without the internet so happily. Right. So I could do away with all of that and just have books and play games and go outside and eat good food. Like, mm-hmm. That's what I care about and be with the people I live with. Like, so those are my priorities. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, mm-hmm. right? So what are my priorities? And then what are taking me away from those priorities, yeah. right? And we can use that in all areas. For sure, right. So what this, what, do you, can you put a timeline on what that Christmas was? What year was that? Um, do you remember roughly? Yeah. So it's now, it's now 2022. I just had to text my husband the other day, ask what year it was. I do not do details. Okay. Um, and my oldest is now 15. So it would have been 13 years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been super rewarding. Extremely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and something you're super engaged in. Part of the thing that's exciting to me is that I'm the same way. Like mm-hmm. if we're going to do something, we're all in, right? Yep. Uh, and that there's certain aspects of our life, like on a financial level, whatever else we, we, we have plans, we do this, we're all in on everything. Yep. Uh, what's exciting to me is that there is in 10 years, you'll have other things that you're that into. Yeah. What is that thing? Like you just go out there and find it. I don't know what it is, but yeah. Cause what mattered to you 10 years ago, I guess for you, it was 13 years ago, but typically yeah. I think you could say, and maybe the timeline gets longer, but what matters to you 10 years ago does not matter to you today yes. or the worries you had at that time mm-hmm. and what you're super pumped about doesn't cause you change a lot in that 10 years. So you 10 years from now, you know, it's just exciting to think what will you be into? Yeah. Probably the same thing, but maybe other things added onto it. For sure. Do you think this will be a part of your life forever? I imagine it will be, but we'll see. Like obviously... I don't really make, I'm not a planner. Okay. I actually don't even make plans for tomorrow. Okay. And I like that. Huh. I'm not a planner at all. Right. Um, my husband's good for that. He adds that element to my life. Mm-hmm. But I'd be surprised if I stopped intentionally living simple. Okay. Because it adds so much value to my life. Yeah. Like, I was thinking on the way here, I mean, a lot of women do... I will say this. I haven't gotten like flack, but a lot of women do laugh at me because like they'll be like, oh, we're going window shopping or on trips to shop. And like to me, that does not sound like fun. Right. That's not what I want to do with my time. Right. I don't get value out of shopping. I never have. My husband buys most of my clothes or I get them for free Mm -hmm. from people's houses because I actually really don't like shopping at for anything i don't like shopping at all mm-hmm. um so who knows i could totally change maybe maybe i'll become a shopaholic who knows yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah. i'd be shocked but 
yeah. yeah. No, I think part of what this whole podcast is about and okay, is what you are, you yeah. embody the podcast, mm -hmm. right? But it's also yeah. about living intentionally. Yes. Right? Exactly. Like I like to think that I do, like the things that I'm into, I'm all in. The things that I don't care to do, when I was 18, I did a lot of them. Okay. Right? Yep. You would do this, you'd go do this, you'd, you'd be into 20 things and like a, not a lot of them actually brought you that much joy. You were just there because your friends were and being yep. with your friends brought you joy, but the activity itself did not. Yes. Um, so I try to live where I'm doing what I want to do. Yep. Right? And is that, it's not a competition, but I'm trying to say there are probably, I believe there are a lot of people who live an unintentional life and that this could be an antidote to that. Yes. Like you could realize like, wait, I can do just what I want to do. Also as a, even a young kid, like you realize like me, maybe that is why I'm not as excited about these 20 things. And I really like this one thing. And instead I can just focus on this versus feeling like I have to do 17 different things at once. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? Like that yeah. living intentionally? Yes. Yeah. Like, and there's so much value in that. Like, okay, like you said, maybe as a kid, we can teach our kids, like, it's okay to be super passionate about something, right? And right. to be all in on it. Mm -hmm. Like, I almost feel like kids are good at that, mm -hmm. being all in. Right. Okay. Like, they decide they're into an outside hobby and they will be outside for eight hours, right? Yeah, and right. they will do whatever it is they're doing, right? But do we distract ourselves as adults and like feel like we have to do it all or what changes like because i feel like okay i've done the same thing okay gone through different stages where okay i'll hang out with these people do this do all these plans and try this and try that and it's like no wait a minute i'm just gonna do what i'm super excited about mm -hmm. what i enjoy what i'm good at like help other people with that and just whatever let the rest go mm -hmm. so there's so much value in just being maybe like unapologetic un un for it, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. The the ability to say no, I'm a people pleaser, so I'll try to say yes. Okay. Um, But I have learned, I think I am a people pleaser, right? So I try it. It's hard for me to say no. Okay. But you, you, I've learned to be able to say no. Like if somebody yeah. asks me to do something and it doesn't fit my schedule, my plan, I have different priorities. Mm -hmm. Um. Like I've gotten the ability to just say, no, that doesn't fit or no, I'm unable to, or no, I would not like to, or whatever it might be. And there was, I wasn't always able to do that. Okay. Have you always been able to say no? No, definitely not. The same thing. I could say the same thing. I was probably not as much of a people pleaser, but I don't know. I think I read this somewhere and it changed my life actually. And somebody said, if it's not an absolute, and I think they said it was swear, so I won't say it. Yeah. If it's not a heck yes, right. then it's a heck no. Right. And I have used that with all areas of my life hmm. and it has been huge for me mm -hmm. because, okay, we have an instant reaction, right? Right. Just go with that. Stop second guessing it and move on. Yeah. The only part I challenge that and okay. I think I could be challenged on that is helping other people. Okay. Okay. Because like, that's not your tendency? You no, mean, no. I or? enjoy helping people, but I live a very full, full life. Okay. Like my schedule is very full okay. between this real estate, family, whatever. Yep. And somebody says, Hey, can you help me do this on a Saturday? Yeah. Like that does not fit my schedule. Yeah. But I try within reason, do what I can to help them. Yeah. So I feel like it's not like a, yes, I need to do this because it's like, shoot, I have these seven other things I need to get done too. Yeah. But you need, I think there is value and benefit in helping other people beyond just yourself. Definitely. Do you agree? Like, is that a, yes. is that a good challenge? You, yeah. 
So how do you, how would you look at that from like, okay, this isn't an absolute yes that I should be helping this person or that I want to, or that it fits my schedule, but it is a yes because I think it's important. How yeah. would you, how would you look at that? Do you have a yeah. system or a process? Yeah, that's really interesting. So one thing that I kind of do is say, okay, I would really like to help this person. So how would I designate a certain amount of time? Right. Right. So can we put it just realistically as a standpoint and say, I'm available from 10 to noon. I will be there at 10, but hey, I got to leave at noon. Mm -hmm. Use me wisely. I would love to come and help you and let's crack out whatever it is you need help for. Right. Yeah. Like, because yes, we still want to be available to people. Like, so my heck no is more like items. Sure. But not for people because I love to help people. Right. But I too can be too busy. Right. So that has been helpful for me. Yeah. And I don't mean to, to say like I live a busier life than other people. I think everybody lives a busy yeah. life, right? So, um, but yeah, for sure. That that has been my method is like, okay. yes, I would like to help you. I can do it from this time or this yep. time. I can't do it tomorrow. I can do it on this day, whatever it might be yep. to say like, yes, I'm available, yeah. but here's the parameters Yeah. versus, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I just think there is, yeah, there's benefit in challenging the that. But like you said, you were more talking more on a things level versus a yes right and yeah. also i look at it also on a like a leisurely activity yeah level okay uh meaning if it's not a like yes i definitely want to do this then don't do it yeah although at the flip side too there is a benefit i guess there's many just elements and layers to it but there is a benefit in just time spent with friends or family that even though i'm not pumped to go for i guess you even look at it with your kids you're not you're not like every part of your being is just super pumped to go go on an Easter egg hunt yeah. or whatever, but you should still do that. Right. Yep. So I guess it's just, it's not the, the yes, you need to do this or yes, you should do this. Isn't all about what's your ultimate desire. It's about weighing your priorities and what's important to you and your kids and your friends are important. So, and your family's important. So that can outweigh your like burning desire inside to do whatever that is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So thinking about efficiency, uh, always bettering yourself. We, we have talked about finances, right? And I hinted earlier about trying to better yourself in a financial world as well. Yeah. You guys follow Dave Ramsey? Yes, we do. Okay. Yep. Um, we do as well. And it's been super beneficial, but it's one of those things you said you don't like to talk about your world unless somebody comes to you first, right? Yes. And that's the approach that we, that I take as well. Uh, but it has been so beneficial to us on a like a, a internal level, a, a, a mindset level, a financial level, whatever else. But what has it meant for you guys? Yeah, so interesting. I mean, it's been so many things. I think for me, the biggest thing is the mental connection to money. Okay. Um. Oh man, I could go on yeah. and on. <laughs> it means so much to me. Yeah. I feel like. Dave Ramsey as a whole has completely changed my views of money. Okay. Solid. Like 100%. It's the biggest factor, I would say. Okay. For me, myself, and my husband would agree. Right. Has completely changed our world. Going cash. All cash, 100%, except mm -hmm. for our bills. Right. Like, he... <laughs> He calls me the keeper of the coins, and my family thinks it's hilarious because yeah. I am crazy... 
money envelope lady 100 percent. yeah i am dave ramsey's biggest fan yeah and i think that might fit your personality or my personality right that we're all in but there i think there's a lot of misconceptions Mm -hmm. right that a lot of people have about it yep that so they're resistant to it yep and they don't want to get into it and that's okay like everyone's got to figure out their own system in life like you do you i'm Mm -hmm. gonna do me and that's totally okay but same thing if somebody comes to me and says hey we're struggling with money yeah at the end of the month we don't know where our money went we're paycheck to paycheck yep can you help me out absolutely like let's get into it and i'll tell you every benefit that we've had on yeah. like a philo- philosophical level on a financial level on a how i sleep at night level yes. like there's so many benefits but my concern and, and a lot of times talking about it is the misconceptions and what comes out of it and the natural almost natural like knee-jerk like oh, like i don't like what are you trying to tell me what are you trying to sell me kind of reaction that a lot of people have to it yeah And I'm not sure why is that? Why, like one of my number one goals with my kids is to make them realize money isn't scary. Sure. Like, I don't know what it is as a whole. Like people bring up money and do you feel like people just freeze? Yeah, they can. Uh, Is it because you've always been taught at a young age, like you don't talk about money. You don't ask somebody what they make, which I think is probably still a good practice, right? Yep. Uh, but you don't do this. You don't talk about this. So it's it's a world, even like we've talked on some of the emotional level things that a lot of people can go through an entire life and never talk about it and never have growth there. Yep. It's a sti- potentially a stigmatized world or a scary to dive into world. Yeah. So probably that, just a lifetime of history of money that has been a secretive thing. Yeah. Not in a negative way. It's just the way life currently is, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah. And I think there's other reasons why people might have stigmas against it, which I could certainly dive into. Yeah. Um, because I think it is worth addressing the stigmas to say, I understand that yeah. stigma, but this is what I think the correct and right way of doing things are. And these are the benefits of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but for you guys, it's changed your life. It's changed our whole life. Yeah. yeah. So to give you a little background, literally, I am super honest about how far I've come. Okay. Um. The year that we were first married, this is how little I knew about money and how naive I was. To give you some perspective of how much I've changed in 16 years, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, The first year that we were married, um, Greg was paying bills. And I think we had been married for over a year. And one night I said, you're always talking about bills. Mm -hmm. I don't even understand. Like, what are... What are they? I mean, and mind you, some perspective, I moved straight out of my mom and dad's house and straight in with my husband, Okay. Okay. And he showed me a bill, and I was like, we have to pay for that water. (laughs) And then he showed me a power bill. Like, okay. And I fault the two of us for not talking about money. That's, I'll be honest, that was one of our things. We've come a long way. I'm super grateful. So in the sense, when I say it's completely changed our marriage, literally has changed our marriage. Like, now... From that point where I didn't realize the power would get shut off if my husband died to now knowing, okay, bills are something that you pay for these services that you're using. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of that now. Right. Um, but just going from never talking about money to now 16 years later, like being on the same page, doing a budget, pre-approving per se, which is what a budget is, that, hey, this is what our money is going towards this mm-hmm. month, right? Right. And just being on the same page, like, are these our priorities for the month? Like, there's so much misconception about a budget. Right. This is what I think. Like, people are like, oh, but you can't live. And I'm like, no, but you get to pick what your priorities 
are that month. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's freedom. For sure. Right. Yeah. I have, I am able to do more. Like you picture like a husband who wants to go hunting, a husband who wants to do this. Yep. I'm looking at it from that, that perspective because that's my world. I am able to do way more because of that we budget, right? Yes. If we didn't budget, I'd be able to do half of what I currently do because it's, for one, you have the finances and you have the budget set that you know this is okay. It fits within our world. If you're going to do something, there's no party that's like, shoot, can I afford this? Like, no, it's in the budget, right? Yep. So if I'm thinking about, again, a, a week away out West, I, as a husband, of course, it's a mutual thing, right? But it's part of it's like, as a spouse, do you agree with this? Are you okay with this? If so, then great. I don't have to overcome that financial question. Yes. Right? Yeah. You're like, you talk about it. This is important to us. Boom, let's go. And then it's just, does it make sense for our family for me to be away for a week? Which as you have more kids makes it more difficult, whatever else. But anyways, it's, it's, to me, it's just, it lets you live and goes back to the intentionality of life. It lets you live a way more intentional life, which is, holds true to the theme of what this entire this is all about right yes yeah Yeah, exactly exactly way more intentional life (laughs) and then also are we spending our money on things and experiences that bring us value right right yeah like okay so we all have this x amount of money and how do we want to spend it like do you want to go and pick up go out and about and do something every monday or do you want to save it up and go on a big trip? Do you want to save it up and pay off something? Do you want to save it up? Like, we all get to decide what we're doing with this money, mm-hmm. right? And I hope that everyone gets to a point where they have excess money to decide what to do for, should sure. do with, right? Not everyone's in that situation. I get that. Been right. there. Yeah. Been there. I know what it's like. And for it's sure. not fun. But to get to the point where you get to say, well, all right, what are we doing with this extra $15? And just to be in agreement on it. Like, I think from a marriage standpoint, and they say finances are the number one reason that people don't make it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I get it. Because when you're not on the same page, it's exhausting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you're, I've been on, I mean, we started it, we were, I feel very fortunate, six months into our marriage. Wow. Um, But even the first six months, there's a party like, wait, you bought this package? What are you buying this for? Or whatever. Like, yep. not that it mattered, but there's still a party that's like, what did you buy this for? Now I need to buy this. Like all that is just eliminated. It's never even a question. Yep, exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, but my concern with it, again, is always just the misconceptions out there and mm-hmm. also understanding and acknowledging that doing it doesn't mean you need to be extreme. Yep. You can be, yep. right? And there can be benefit in short bursts of extreme extremes to pay off a, a, a debt or whatever else it might be. But everyone's version, as long as you're following the rules, can be as extreme as you want it to be or non-extreme or whatever else. But there's still just huge value in budgeting, sticking to a plan, being on the same page. And that's where I think the benefit is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it just fits everybody. But again, everyone has their own way. Yep. Everyone can do it. And I'm not going to force it on anybody, but I'm just curious how that has played into your life. And yeah, so it's been a huge, huge benefit. Hey? Huge benefit. And yeah. then not only one of the things I didn't even realize that we were doing, it was not deliberate of any means. Okay, so my husband gets paid every other Thursday, every night, every Wednesday. We sit down, we do the budget right in the living room. We say numbers out loud. Our kids hear them. Mm-hmm. Every Thursday, I go to the bank, okay? Every other Thursday, I should say. I go to the bank. I pull out all the cash. I sit down and I stuff all the envelopes. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't telling them anything, but my kids started doing it <laughs> because they were watching us. Right. You right. know? It wasn't us. Like, 
I'm by no means trying to tell everyone, like, do I think the system is great? I think the system is great. Like, I love it because, like we said, it allows you to live with your priorities in mind. Right. Our priorities are all different, right? Right. Yep. Like my husband, he's going to Alaska, right? He's going to Alaska for the second time this year. And he's so excited. Like, you budget, you plan for it. That's his priority. That's amazing. You know, like, the thing is, you get to live life guilt-free when it's already discussed and agreed upon. Right. So, like... I'm just like, how does that, to me, it brings so much peace and calm that I'm like, but wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you want to be on the same page? Not like, hey, you bought that and I'm going to buy this because we've done that too. And Mm -hmm. that's not fun. Right. But just to normalize money for my kids, I say not only has it changed our marriage, but if I can help normalize money and to teach my kids some things about money and take it or leave it, whatever they decide to do with it. Mm -hmm. But we are super honest and upfront with our kids. Like, hey, we are mortgage free. Like the other day we were at an Airbnb for a week while our house was getting worked on. And we watched this show and someone, their house was getting repossessed. And my kids asked me what that meant. Right. And I paused it and I explained it. And one of my kids said, that's why you don't want a mortgage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you still don't own it. And I said, yeah, that's exactly it. You still don't own that house. Right. Even though that, you know, we had lived in our last house for eight years. We still didn't own that. Right. Right. And so like then they, you know, the things start connecting, right? Yeah. For the kids. So that's huge. How about for you guys? What has been really big for you guys with the biggest thing is again getting on the same page that's number one above all else yep right every month we communicate what's important to us we don't say what is important to you yeah but by going through the budget you communicate what's important to each other uh that's a hundred times the biggest part of it yeah um the finances part is awesome because you're being intentional it puts you in a trajectory that is way further ahead than what you would have been yep. and i think you could argue we are less extreme right? Than, than what some people might be, but we paid off our debt very quickly. We, mm-hmm. it really helped us get to a point, but it has helped us do way more. I, I know for a fact that's to me the benefit, like, okay, the, the getting on the same page, but the fact that we get to do what we want because we're being intentional with the finances that are coming in yeah. compared to if we didn't at the end of the month, we'd be that'd be the end of it. And we'd have nothing left to do what we want, but it just lets us live intentionally and do what we want within reason as long as it fits the budget um yeah it's just hard to describe the benefits of it i think it makes you make better life choices like you're never in a position where you yeah like even just career choices whatever like you're i think it makes me a better agent yeah i don't ever need to make another sale to to make next month's payment of anything um so, and again, everybody, like you said, you understand I've been in the position where am I going to make this next month? I don't know. And that's tough and that yeah. it's difficult and not everybody can get outside of that. But following a strict plan will allow you to get outside of that, right? 100%. Regardless of your position. 100%. Right. And like, I always remind people like, okay, I, I am an extremist for sure. Mm-hmm. 100%. So... I honestly tell myself that managing the money that my husband makes, Mm -hmm. if I manage it so well, it's like I have a job. Sure. And yet I'm at home. Right. So there have been stages in my life, like I actually, my job just ended very recently and I went and got a job to pay for a huge wall of windows that I wanted. Mm. And I got the windows in and it was like two weeks later, my job ended, he got put in a home. And um, 
And so I'm not saying that like you always have to do one thing for a stage of your life. Like I have Mm -hmm. stayed home and managed our money so tight. But yet, I also think it's like I am extreme. I'll tell you, I'm. Mm-hmm. I might be more extreme. You said we probably are. As I'm super right. extreme. My, um, to give you an example of how extreme I was. Okay, so when I I wanted to move to the country for seven years, and in that time frame of hoping and praying to move to the country, my husband came home one day and said, "I have an idea," and I'm like, "Okay," and he's like, "I want to build a boat." I'm like, great, that's awesome. And I'm a really big cheerleader. I'm super optimistic. Mm -hmm. That's one of my best things I know. And I said, awesome, when are you going to build the boat? And he said, when I retire. And I said, absolutely not. You Mm -hmm. should start tomorrow. Like, what if you die in a year? You should should build your boat. And he knew I was serious. And so he said, okay, I'm going to build a boat. Right. He bought the book that had the plans that he wanted, started buying materials, and he focused two years on building the boat. Hmm. And so when we had that discussion, he said, hey, I know this dream kind of came up and you've been dreaming of the country. What if, this is kind of a side jaunt, can I build the boat? And right after that, we get back on saving for the land to move to the country. And mm-hmm. I said, sure, no problem. I'm still fine here. I'll still garden here. Right. And so we did. We took a two-year detour. He built the boat. And as soon as he was done, I said, okay, it's my turn. And now it's my turn. I'm going to go crazy. Right. And I went crazy. I'm not kidding you. So we do all cash. Cash is so real to me. I I do not use a debit card, actually. Don't own a credit card. Don't use a debit card. Because the debit card is so disconnected to my brain. I'm that real of a visual learner. Okay. And... So I allocated, so funny, I decided I was going to, oh, Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey was mm-hmm. my theory. Right. And so I figured out how much money, I took our normal grocery budget, mind you. I didn't, I was like, I'm not going to cut it. I'm not going to do any extreme changes. Right. Nothing. I'm going to be super realistic. Our budget is going to stay exactly the same it has for the last eight years of our marriage. Okay. Right. But I'm going to tell myself. So that leaves this X amount of money in our grocery budget every single day. And I'm going to divide it. When I go to the bank, I'm dividing it into small bills. Mm -hmm. And every day that I don't spend all that money or even part of that money, I'm going to take it out and I'm going to put it in a jar. Hmm. And we bought our house with cash. Yeah. Because I was crazy envelope lady on groceries. Right. Not even joking. Yeah. Yep. Every single day I took out that money and every morning I wake up and I'd say, how can I feed my family without going to the grocery store today? Mm -hmm. And I did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I was super extreme because I so badly wanted to move to the country. Right. And now we moved to the country and I'm not as extreme. Yeah. And I'm super grateful. But yet I wouldn't change a thing that like taught us so much. And it taught me that I can be if I need to for another season of life mm-hmm. to save for a big goal. Right. Sure. Right. I can give up anything. Sure. Sure. And again, that, I think that does go back to the limits, like test your limits. Like yep. you're talking, testing your limits on the things you own, yep. test your limits on the financial level. Yep. The, yeah. So it's been hugely beneficial for us, but I do think it is partially personality. Yes. There is a personality that is drawn towards that. Uh, Obviously you and I have that on a financial level. You probably have it on a higher level than what I do. Um, But I do think it is so utilitarian for everybody. Yeah. Uh, But again, it has to be people that are open to it. Yeah. Uh, And and so I don't ever push it. I agree. Um, But on the, on the, 
cleaning, the minimalist, the financial side. Yeah. Uh, do you invite people to like, hey, this is a world I am interested in. Come talk to you. Yes, I definitely do. Okay. Yep. I've had friends who are like, you need to stop ta- You need to stop talking about decluttering and you need to talk about money. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, because huh. I'm probably more passionate about it. Really? Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah. I love to eat, sleep and breathe because I feel like you can manage your money so well. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Okay. So I look back now and I see when we were first married, making a lot less money, but not managing it well. Mm-hmm. And like... If you can create habits to manage $5, you can continue that no matter how much money you make in your future Mm -hmm. and keep that habit going forward. Right. And you'll only like come out ahead, right? Yeah. Like it's not, at the end of the day, yes, a different income does make a difference, Mm -hmm. right? 100%. I'm not saying that doesn't matter, but how you manage it does. For sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a powerful thing and it changes who you are internally, changes how you look at the world. I think it makes you more charitable. Yes. Uh, 100%. It, it, yeah, you, you, yeah, just every part about it is very beneficial. But again, I'm yeah, open to talking about it with people, but I don't ever try to push it just because of that. There's so much stigma around it that, but maybe it can resonate with somebody. Like if you find yourself in a spot where you are struggling at the end of the month. You are looking at your spouse saying, what are you buying this for? What do we need this for? Yeah. If you are struggling to do the things that you like to do, like this could be your answer for sure. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of mathematical arguments against it. Yep. Right. Like yep. why would you pay off your house? You get, you have a 3% mortgage. Yep. You can make 10% in the stock market, but it's not the 3% and the 7% and the 1% credit cards. It's the 100% changes or 300% changes that you make in your life. And it's the philosophical, the internal changes that you make in your life that create habits yep. that that's where you win. It's not in the threes and the sevens and the ones, whatever else. It's all the big picture stuff, right? Yeah. Would you look at it the yeah. same? 100%. Like I told my friend the how I sleep at night once we paid off our house was completely different first before mm-hmm. and that's what it comes down to like she'll try to be like okay but you don't even have a credit score right <laughs> and i'm like i don't know maybe i do yeah. i have no idea i don't look into it but she's like aren't you worried about your credit score i'm like no honestly i'm not because our house is paid for right. and to me that gives me more security than a credit score right and so i get it like our perception is totally different on finances mm-hmm. But I'm also so visual and it has to be like so tangible for me that I'm like all of that, like the market numbers could change so quickly anyway. Mm -hmm. And those changing shouldn't affect whether you own your house or not. Right. And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Right. Mm -hmm. Or is my car going to be taken away? Right. And then we'll get to the, the other side is... Okay, as a female, this is me. I'm home. I stay home. I rely on my husband's income, right? If he dies, if he gets injured tomorrow, right? what happens? Yeah. So like, and I also can only imagine the burden that he feels. Like, okay, I'm the only provider if something happens. Mm-hmm. But to be in a point to say, hey, if something happens, they will be okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's huge. It's so big. Um, I think finances affect every area of our life. For sure. And they can either make it easier or more stressful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, I talked about the, 
you may be writing a book on the decluttering side and focusing on the emotional and yeah. the philosophical part of it. Yeah. Um, maybe that is an area that you do dive into and not that you have to just be being open to it. Like yeah. if somebody wants to approach you and talk about their finances, that's something you are open to. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. We should close out with that. Yeah. The Just in, invite the world of the financial world to, or people to speak to you about their finances uh, and people to approach you on the cleaning side. Is that a good way to look at it? Yeah, for sure. And how much they both tie in. Right. Like they 100% tie into each other. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yep. We but, can squirrel our money away on things that we're not even excited about. Yeah. Or you can squirrel your money away on things that you are excited about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Nora, thanks again. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for hopping on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey guys, thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.